I get a belch. Is that going in the show? It might. It might. That might be the opener. We're so disgusting. Dirty, dirty little men. And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Stop it! Disenfranchised by the modern comics industry, producer Paul Spitaro, Dr. Bill Robinson, and Scott H. Gardner now ply the time stream in a never-ending quest to rediscover and reconnect with that unique brand of fun and excitement that can only truly be found in good old-fashioned, randomly selected comic book back issues. Journey with them now. Back. Back. To the bins. I got nowhere else to go. I got nowhere else to go. I got nothing else. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Back to the Bins. I'm Paul Spataro, and that's Bill. Hi, Robinson. everybody. Or is it Doctor Nick? <laughs> you be the judge. I just have to look this up in the book. I have a new doctor now, Dr. Lee, who was my my doctor back last in 2003, but I had to leave him for... No, I'm not trying to be Dr. Seuss. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, because my doctor, uh, Dr. Vinnie Boombots, you know him, right? He he retired, Dr. Hubscher, and uh, so I looked into Dr. Lee, and I was able to get in and see him, and... All is well in the world. I don't know why anybody really cared that I... <laughs> I think it's all the doctor talk. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. <laughs> so what's new and different, Dr. Bill? Uh, have not seen any more mice. No more mices, mouses in the house. Although I was thinking... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I hate Mises yeah. to pieces. I was thinking today, uh, um, you know, I think it was you. What was it, you guys? Or was it, were we talking about something else? And you're like, oh, I don't know how you could do that. Or like, you're a better man. I think it's because I fixed the fixed fixed the soffit, which caught. Oh, it was it was it was. It was I think it was fixing you. Oh yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, well, dryer's fixed now, so finally got the part, fixed it. But you know. But then I was thinking, I'm like, wow, what do these guys think I can like I'm I could do all this stuff. And then for some reason, my my mind jumped to the the Sylvester and Porky Pig cartoon with the with, with the mice <laughs> in the haunted house. <laughs> and then I was thinking, oh, man, these mice are going to like come out at night <laughs> and I'm going to be <laughs> going to be carrying they're going to be carrying you off. and You'll put up the little sign. You were right. <laughs> Help. <laughs> <laughs> Except I'll be Porky. Yeah, I'll be the pig, and the the dog will be, uh, you know, a mouse, 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 mouse. Well, that was that was that was with. <laughs> They'll be carrying yeah, comedy out. <laughs> and Alvin will be just like hiding in the corner. No, but I, I just back to what you were saying. I I when I was younger. I found myself to be much more handy than I am now. Now I just want to have a nice, neat workshop. I don't want to actually do any work in it. I just want it to look nice. Well, 
I like it's it's more more like more like you know and you show people who come to us and this is where I do all the work that I really don't do because <laughs> I got I got a nice bench with you know the the pegboard with all the stuff hanging on it oh you're so one of those nice. guys oh I'm a big pegboard like guy. your pegboard looks like the outline of a police massacre you know each tool goes here there. No, I, that's that's the one thing I haven't gotten is a real organization to where the tools are. It's just if there's a space where it fits, put a peg there and hang it. Yeah. Well, one of the guys at work was like, you know, because I was saying, well, when I gotta when I go home, I gotta do this. You know, I had to catch the mouse. I had to do this. I gotta fix the leak, or I, I have to unclog the drain. Blah blah blah. I said maybe I'll do that this weekend. And then he, he's like, doesn't anybody else in your house do anything? I'm like. Nope. <laughs> I mean, I do, I do some of, I, I do do some of the things around well, the house. Like I'll yes. see a drain if it gets clogged, and you know, and I'll, I'll, you know, more of more of my handyman work has to do with so and so coming over to me and saying, "Yeah, I broke this. Could you fix it?" And I have to put something back together, glue right. something, or nail something, screw something, whatever. But you know, that's that's usually my uh, handyman work. But the the more the more complex things now I leave to the professionals. I'll bring in a plumber or, a, or an electrician if I need something well, you like see, that I, done. I, I, and I and I'll do little little you know carpentry repair work. But if it's something significant, I'll bring something. But see, when those guys come in, I I sit there and I watch them. And I've worked on construction sites for a long time, so I watch how things are built, and fixed, and done. And then I I try it myself. I it up. I get, oh, excuse my French. I screw it up. Somebody else can come in and fix it. <laughs> you know, it's like I'm gonna finish that yeah, first. Yeah, well, no, that, that's that's one of the lessons that I learned from my dad, and I uh, I passed it on to a lot of new homeowners. Is when I first bought my first house, you know, twenty some odd mm-hmm. years ago. Uh, you know, we had a room that we had to tear down the sheetrock and and replace, and. You know, I, I I wasn't sure about doing it. My dad was like, "Well, how much does a sheetrock cost for this room?" I was like, "You know, one hundred and fifty dollars." Mm-hmm. He was like, "So you so you spend the hundred and fifty dollars, you do it yourself. If it comes out badly, you tear it down. You lost one hundred and fifty dollars, and you move on with your life." Yeah. You know? <laughs> he said, "Give it a shot." But that's that that ended up being my mantra for a while. That you know, try and do it myself if I can, and save mm-hmm. myself the money. The only times I'll back back off of that is if it's something that seems like it could be exceptionally dangerous, you know. Certain electrical work, yeah, electrical symmetrical. Certain plumbing work. Yeah, I mean, I've seen the guy clean out the drain enough that I can figure it out. Uh, though it takes me longer because he's got it hooked to a big freaking like auger thing to vibrate that snake back and forth really quick and bust that stuff up. Of course, if people stop putting food down the goddamn drain, then maybe wouldn't clog up. Yeah. Sounds like Jack Nicholson reference. <laughs> people stop putting food down the drain. <laughs> or maybe, De- maybe Dennis gonna, Hopper. I'm not gonna hit. You. Not gonna hurt you, Wendy. <laughs> I'm gonna bash your freaking brains in. <laughs> And then Dennis Hopper. Did you know that if is the middle word in life? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think with the right amount of drugs, you easily could have been. Who, me? 
with the right amount of drugs. I, I don't know how to take that. <laughs> well, thankfully, you didn't have that, all those drugs. You're actually coherent <laughs> to a degree. You do turn into Doug from Up every once in a while, though. This is true. This is true. So uh, we actually have a couple oh. of emails. I think I'm going to take a minute and read read a couple of them in. We have one from Russell Who's that? Gregg. And he, he sent that in October. October. It's about the What If recap. And it says, hi, guys. It's always nice to hear from Chris Tyler. What If was truly the top reason I wanted to get Disney+. Plus. It was always my favorite Marvel comic, and I couldn't wait to see what stories they were going to portray. They definitely did not disappoint. Like you guys, I wish the original actors had portrayed their characters, but unfortunately, you, we can't have everything we want. The replacements did do a great job, however. I was wondering if for season two they might animate some of the classic What If comics. Of course, they couldn't do What If number one since the Fantastic Four is in it. Actually, they could because they own the Fantastic Four now. But wouldn't it be cool to see such issues come to life as What If number 19, What If Spider-Man Had Stopped the Burglar Who Killed His Uncle, or 26, What If Captain America Were Elected President, then close the season with What If number 34, The Humor Issue. I figure it won't go that way, but what if? One final note, if the Watcher had just been watching instead of narrating, Ultron never would have found him or the multiverse. Just saying. I guess that's all for this time <laughs> around. Hope all is well, and thank you again for entertaining me while we're while I'm at work. See, at least we're, we're now we're back to, uh, to uh, entertaining him at work. I don't think that they're going to... Uh, I don't think they're going to watch McCall. I don't think they're going to do any of the old stories because I think they want to tie it in more to the MCU than the comic books. Mm, yeah. So, you know, he was mentioned it, it was a shame that, you know, the original actors couldn't come back to do their roles. Well, all I have to say to all the ones that for whatever reason couldn't come back, the dead guy did his. Chadwick Boseman course obviously he did that before he passed away but it's kind of like yeah he's showing up all you guys well the biggest one that that didn't do it was was robert downey jr that's i think i was lamenting that in the episode that it would have been did we have a discussion on air about that because i wasn't there for that episode i think we may have mentioned it on another that the once, once, once I get miffed about something. Well, that the final episode had a it. had a character in it that came from nowhere, the uh, where Gamora came from, yeah. and that was actually for an unfilmed episode that will be seen next season. I think they, yeah, they are actually going to do that in yeah. season number two, which is interesting that they're going to hold off on that. But that's still, you know, I don't know how long they're going to wait between mm. seasons. So another email recently we got from uh, Anthony Rotella. It says, gentlemen, question mark. I don't know why there's a question mark. Really enjoyed your New Year's show. It brought back memories of the most exciting time to be a comic fan. We went to the candy store every Tuesday and Thursday, as this was when new comics were available. What would the bullpen throw at us this week? 1962 was an epic year for a young comic reader. The Fantastic Four had blown our minds the previous summer. Who had ever heard of a hero as unique as the Thing, an ugly, grumpy, grumpy superhero? DC had nothing like it. 1962 was a runaway train. Doctor Doom, Ant-Man, Thor, and Spider-Man. Kirby dazzled us with new concepts with Thor and the FF. 
and we didn't know what to make uh, out of Dis Ditko, but we loved his work. As you saw on the show, 1962 was a different comic world than the one you guys grew up in, and 1962 changed it forever. Anthony Rotella. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I, 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 rare that I get to say that I'm young, uh, but I, uh, I'm too young to, to have experienced 1962 as that was the year I was born. Uh, so I was not reading comics at that point, but yeah, what, what an exciting time that mm. was, you know, that's one of the reasons why we wanted to do it. Yeah. Yep. And thank you for listening, thank you for listening. to an older listener. Yeah, that, that, that too. <laughs> He's getting us on this you know, newfangled internet radio thing. I was going to – James Lansbury has, oh, has no, a, no, an no, no, email no. Where, where, where he goes over the, uh, the Incredible no, no, no. Hulk, it's gonna be here. and it's so it's so incredibly detailed that if, if we're going I, – I, I love the email, and thank you so much for sending it, but if we're going to do it, that's going to be an episode because <laughs> it's so detailed. It, actually, if anything, we should consider maybe seeing if James wants to come on with us so, and – we can kind of go over his, his you can't thing. see me but i'm holding my my hand up like sean bean in the fellowship of the ring one simply does not just read james lansbury's email yeah that's that's for sure i mean it's a great oh, yeah. email, oh, don't, no. don't get me wrong but it's it's maybe you know what maybe instead of uh instead of reading it because it is too detailed maybe i i should cut and paste it and put it on the uh on the the facebook page I'm trying to, I'm trying to open you know it, but it's like, uh, here we go. I was going to say, James, let me know if you want me to do that or if you'd rather I didn't. Actually, no, I'm going to edit that out because I don't, I don't want to put him on the spot. So to me, his email is the Arlo Guthrie's Alice's Restaurant of emails because he's got by 10. So we, we could read it every Thanksgiving. <laughs> That's right. Every Thanksgiving. <laughs> we'll be expecting another email. I'm scrolling through it now. I'm still scrolling. <laughs> scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. So we got one, one more email to read from Chris McGee about Man of Steel number one. Great Just episode, guys. My favorite, my favorite podcast covering my favorite miniseries. That's that's a great compliment. Thank you. Yes, Man of Steel holds a special place in my heart as it is responsible for getting me back into the world of comic collecting. I had walked away from comics about a couple of years earlier. They were just too expensive and too much trouble to keep up with. So I told myself I actually had a fairly large collection of about 3,000 comics. But I convinced myself that I was too old and too broke to, col to keep collecting them. So I sold them off, never to return, until Man of Steel came along with the hype of Superman nearing his 50th anniversary. I did hear about an, this new Superman appearing. I actually picked up issue number three with the appearance of the Batman off the spinner rack and was immediately hooked like a drug addict falling <laughs> off the wagon. Boy, I, I, that's, that's a familiar, <laughs> a familiar story yep, yep. for me. I was back in there and there was no turning back. I can't even explain why. Sure. The artwork was great. The storyline was fascinating. I loved the idea of this new Superman, but it was just the overall feel that the series had just dragged me back into the world of comics. In fact, I give the whole 
miniseries in A+. That's why I was thrilled to download and listen to this episode. Keep up the great work and looking forward to the rest of the series being covered. Always listening, Chris McGee. Yeah, Chris, we do intend to do the rest of that one, but scheduling and recording has been a little difficult lately, so uh, I'm not sure when we're going to get to it, but the time will come. We won't, you know, we're going to have to get back to that, get back to our thing Hulk retrospective. There's a lot of stuff on the burners. Uh, and as long as people keep listening and enjoying it, we'll try to keep doing mm-hmm. it. Yeah. My, my gateway drug back into comics was, uh, Avengers versus JLA or JLA versus Avengers, depending on, I don't remember which was the first issue, but yeah, the, Oh, George pair. Oh, uh, uh, all right, I'll just get this. Wait, what's that? Oh, oh give me more, more. <laughs> Mine was actually the death of Superman. Mm. It's my, my drug back into comics, and then I, I've I've never. <laughs> well, I mean, I was gonna say I've never gone away, but I, you know, I've I have stopped reading new things periodically. Mm. I've just never stopped being a uh, a collector and an appreciator of comics since then. There was during that the time before that I had actually totally gone cold turkey with comics. Cold turkey's got me on the run. So, so with that said, why don't we get to our comics? All right, today? I have a Marvel, and this is a book I picked up at the uh, the bookstore out on US forty one that's only open from ten to three. On a Saturday afternoon, it's the one where Scott and I went, and the guy pulled out the price guide and you know kind of turned us off on that. But I went out there because I was looking for some some paperbacks and some hardbacks, and I perused through the comics. It's almost like it's a it's a time capsule. I don't think he really has a lot of new stuff, and it's kind of stuck towards the end of the '90s with the books he has. But I found in there uh, the Defenders number 96, which was one of the ones I needed, and I never really looked closely at the cover. And, um, you know, because I'm like, oh, yeah, 96, got it. And then, then when I took it home and read it, I was like, oh, my God, this is a Michael Golden cover. <laughs> this is beautiful. Yeah, Michael Golden's cover is I was like, gorgeous. Oh my God. Interior art, oh, not yeah, no, necessarily. The interior art compared to the cover. <laughs> just like they say, you can't judge a book by its cover. <laughs> and you can't judge the interior art by the exterior art. But... Uh, no, this this is a beautiful Michael Golden cover. I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm not oh, no. gonna even hide it. I'm I'm going a a plus. Yeah, on this cover. yeah, because you've got uh, you've got Johnny Blaze um, as the Ghost Rider on, on on his bike up up front, and above him is some type of demonic demon type being, and then kind of in the the background is uh, Doctor Strange, uh, Valkyrie. Uh, Son of Satan, Damien Hellstrom, and uh, Patsy Walker as Hellcat, they're all kind of like in this weird, weird purplish light behind them. And then behind all of them is just like a – even though this is, it's a plain, solid background, doesn't matter. It's a, it is a beautiful cover, beautiful cover. So we don't even need to grade that later at the end. It's already an A+. But I, I was just shocked when I actually looked at the covers. Like, oh my god, this is wonderful. So down for the rest of the book. <laughs> uh, I could try to wing it, or I could just read a pre-can synopsis that's very thorough. But 
not too long. Or should I just go for it? I leave it to your good, good, good. Uh, Let's say thoughts, my good judgment is something we don't want to leave things to. You know what? I'm just going to go for it. So, in Detroit, insert your Kiss rock theme here, or uh, joke from the Kentucky Fried movie. Take him to Detroit. No, no, not that. <laughs> ah, no, I, I, I don't want to massacre this. All right. The Rock and Roll Conspiracy. Okay. Trying to get back to who did it. Oh, it is. That's why I had Mike's Amazing World up, dummy. I'm so adult-brained. Yeah, I'm Doug. I know. All right. Cover, obviously, we've already discussed. Michael Golden. Written by J.M. DeMatteis. Penciler, Don Perlin. Inker, Joe Sin. In it with also uh, I read in another thing um, inks by Sal Trapani, who was uncredited apparently. Letterer Dana Albers, colorist George Russos, and this was a whopping cover price of fifty cents and was its cover date is June nineteen eighty one on on sale in March nineteen eighty one, and the story is the rock and roll conspiracy. Detroit is the latest stop of popular Satan inspired heavy metal music mu- musician Asmodeus Jones who is also a pawn of the demonic group known as the Six-Fingered Hand, using his loyal fan base and mystical lyrics, he slowly begins to gain enough mystical power to bring the demon known as Fashima to the material world. This show of power not only upsets Asmodeus manager Felix Palmer, no relation to Robert Palmer, but their new roadie Johnny Blaze, who, unknown to them, is secretly the Ghost Rider. Wild in New York City, Kyle Richmond and Valkyrie pay a visit to his lawyer, Mr. Rosenbaum, regarding his current investment woes with the government. Rosenbaum is shocked to find Kyle in a crippled state and finds his fantastic tale hard to believe. At Dr. Strange's Sanctum Santorum, Strange continues to probe his cauldron of the cosmos. I didn't stutter on any of those. For more clues regarding the plans of the six-fingered hand when he is interrupted by Wong bringing him tea. Having found images of Ghost Rider, Fashima, and the city of Detroit, <laughs> Strange finds the ever-growing puzzle of this latest threat to the world ever more confusing. At a New Jersey hospital, Patricia Walker, Damien Hellstrom, and the Gargoyle pay a visit to the dying Dolly Donahue. Can we cut with alliteration? When the guilty, gar- <laughs> guilty Gargoyle attempts to reach out and touch Dolly, well, hello, Dolly. Patsy lashes out at him again. However, Damien believes he can help the comatose and dying woman and uses his satanic powers is it Satan? to ensure that she will at least live. Dr. Strange contact see, I do I screw up on a simple word. Dr. Strange contacts them and shows them the images he got from the cauldron and asks them to return to the sanctum. Their strange son of Satan, Hellcow, Vactory, and Gargoyle are all teleported off to Detroit. <sighs> Leaving an increasingly despondent Kyle Richmond behind. Boo-hoo, woe is me, woesy, woesy. While back in Detroit, (sighs) disturbed about rumors of strange satanic rituals happening from Asmodeus Jones' rented home, Johnny Blaze decides to check things out. He comes across the defenders when Son of Satan blasts him in order to stop him to talk. Thinking an attack, Blaze changes into Ghost Rider and attacks, but is defeated when Strange transports them to a junkyard. 
and Son of Satan uses his powers to forcefully revert Johnny, excuse me, Ghost Rider back into Johnny Blaze. Explaining the situation, Blaze makes the connection that the defenders were looking for that as for one as Modius Jones, as he is the one doing the ne'er do well stuff. All right, I made that part up. Doctor Strange sends out his astral form to Jones's home, where he has arrived just after a ritual performed by Asmodeus and his followers. Asmodeus is confronted by his manager, who tells them that he has gone too far with the rituals following their deal making with Fashima. Not liking this, Asmodeus fires a mystical bolt from his eyes and gets a warning from Felix not to strike him again, as he can break any deal that they made with Fashima. With the truth learned, the defenders travel in secret to the stadium where Jones' next performance is taking place. During the show, the defenders' fears are confirmed as. Jones gets the audience into a ritual to summon forth Fashima. With Asmodeus distracted by an attack from the Ghost Rider, the defenders leap into action, bombarding Asmodeus with their combined magical might, overloading him and severing his link to Fashima and banishing her away. With the battle over, Asmodeus apologizes to Felix for everything he has done. Felix then tells Asmodeus that he must now pay for the, pri- the price for making a deal. Break a deal. Spin the wheel. With the six-fingered hand, and is taken away in a swirl of darkness. What a world! What a world! With all over, Asmodeus tells them that his real name is Ozzy Palmer. Sharon! Oh. And that the price of his fame and fortune came at the cost of his brother Felix's life. All the defenders and Johnny Blaze are shocked at this revelation, except for Hellcat, who can do nothing but laugh hysterically, unnerving her comrades even more not good <laughs> this this is yeah weird. that's why i had to read it because i i mean i tried to go through and kind of synopsize it in my head but so this is a man this is a for a 23 20 you know a 23 22 pages of story whew, this is a dense tome <laughs> but there's some weird stuff going on here. First of all, let's let's start it at the beginning a little bit. Who who is Asmodeus? The what? Ah, uh, he's just be? a singer. He's, he's just a singer in a rock and roll band. <laughs> he apparently <laughs> has drawn. He has no. Uh, he's got pants on and some uh, like, you know, knee high boots <laughs> with flares on them, and a big snake tattoo. He's got a weird. He's, he's a weird looking dude. Uh. Moving on from well, you know, he's oh, got do, do we think the, he's like he's supposed to be reminiscent? He's got some of, like uh, I'm trying to think of Kiss, and I think he's got some of the reminiscent face paint of like Gene Simmons with the across his eyes. Yeah, one, I was thinking maybe Ozzy Osbourne, maybe but Alice Ozzy Cooper. Osbourne, I'm, was I'm it, not sure where was he was it supposed to be. This like I don't think Ozzy was ever. I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't really remember Ozzy. Well, you know what? I take that back. I do. Remember I don't remember anybody wearing no, this. No, I remember Ozzy in like a white outfit with uh, like some big long long sleeves, like like uh, Asmodeus has here, but he had on longer pants. Well, this is like a bikini bottom. <laughs> I, I don't. It's terrible. Uh, and, and then you look at uh, what's her name, Fashma. Uh, compare the way she looks in this book to the way she looks on the cover. The cover is oh, oh, yeah. awesome looking. It's scary looking. In here, it looks like a you know looks looks like a woman you'd see on a welfare line somewhere. <laughs> uh, then 
the uh, you know Doctor Strange. It's like, okay, there's four images here. Hmm. There's a guitar. <laughs> Welcome to Detroit. Where could this possibly be? <laughs> I can't figure it out, Wong. And then look at the shot of Wong on page. Uh, was it page six? Uh, after he says. <laughs> He's like, he's like, how the hell is this guy the Sorcerer Supreme? And I'm sorry. Yeah, he's like, you could just put a captioner above his head, dumbass. <laughs> so then, uh... well, plus, plus when, um, when he's looking at the Welcome to Detroit, the guitar and the Flaming Skull and and Fashima, I'm I'm just playing Kiss's Detroit Rock City in in, in the background. <laughs> But he's like, he's like, we have have brought me only these seemingly random images. What can they mean? <laughs> well, actually, that's Wong what I'm saying. What, what can they mean? I think I, Wong I think Wong, Wong is just trying to placate him. Yeah, what do you think they can mean, Doctor? Huh? Come on, brain surgeon. Oh yeah, literally. <laughs> there is no way to know for certain. I can only apply my most fallible human intuition and pray to Vashanti that I am correct. Well, maybe you should go to Detroit. Yeah. What do you and think? And again, this is where Wong says, "Dumbass." <laughs> then, uh, you know, then he has to go to the, uh, the, 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 you know, what's your uh, Hellcat and and uh, Valkyrie and and uh, Nighthawk and Son of Satan and be like, "What do you think these images They're mean?" Like, Detroit. <laughs> so <it's>... <laughs> I believe that's where the six-fingered hand will next strike. Well, duh. Well... <laughs> I mean. It's a sign, you know, not a figurative sign. It's a literal sign. <laughs> uh, then, then when when they go, okay, now you you know you have a little bit questionable past with him. I understand, but is attacking him and causing him to fall into garbage pails the best way to start a conversation with Johnny Blaze to see if he'll help you? Maybe you just kind of. Just show up and try and talk to him first. We have questions. Yeah, yeah. You especially you, since since the son of Satan apparently has the power to force him to revert back to Johnny uh, Blaze anyway. Well, he is the son of Satan. But but he's only able Maybe to do Johnny that like Blaze after is, a pro prolonged battle, like after they've got to hold him down. Uh, everybody's you know. I guess. Johnny Blaze is, is as much a mental giant as Doctor Strange. Just, oh, now it's beginning to make sense. There's a huge banner on on stage with a six-fingered <laughs> hand on it. Well, duh. Uh, Asmodeus Jones, uh, 1981 tour. To hell and back. <laughs> oh, I, I, I got to back up to... Back to this back, opening page. His band members have got to be dying inside those big giant cloaks that they're wearing. <laughs> Do you think they're supposed to be demons? I don't. Oh. Uh... Now I'm thinking of the devil went down to Georgia. A band of demons all joined in. I don't remember. There's, no, there's no, they're not demons. A 50... I, no, okay. There. There's something about a 50 something year old man drawing. A rock concert, and then I, I don't know how old uh, Demetrius was, probably in his thirties, uh, writing song lyrics. Nothing is true, everything is permitted. Six 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 is the number to get with it. 
Oh, Fashima, baby, you're the ghoul of my dreams. Send in the demons, honey, send them in now. I'll be your servant, honey, that much I vow. Yeah. Bruce Springsteen isn't worried. <laughs> oh. So, I mean, there's just a couple of dopey things in here. and I mean, they, they defeat him fairly easily once they well, all yeah, go but, after him. But first, they're like, they're hiding themselves at the concert. Like, they're masking themselves so, so, so they can't be seen. And, you know, they reveal themselves after Johnny Blaze goes in. And they come, I don't know if Doctor Strange summoned these things. They're, like, flying in on the, these. It's like a mystical yeah. discs. They're it's, very it's, cool. Yeah. That's a cool shot of them it, all coming down on those But discs. I don't ever recall seeing this ever. <laughs> no, me neither. So they all come in and they attack and they, you know, break up the, break up the thing. And then this, like dark shadow comes across and everything goes black and Felix disappears and everybody's, Oh, he was my brother. And then everybody's, Oh, and then Patsy Walker. <laughs> now at, at the, at the point when she starts cackling, those five discs are all no, behind them. The band so I'm thinking, on. so yeah, what, that's why I was thinking maybe, uh, did did he did he just animate nope. those? I don't think so because they're. I thought they were. All... Actually, no, because the one yeah the ones that flying yeah. on a flat. and those were These already on the stage before they before they came swooping in. Now the reason because I was like wait a minute why is she acting so strange in here? It's because she had just recently fallen off possession by a demon. So because I looked in the next issue, and because basically, Damien uh, Damien says. Well, you might have the lingering effects of the demon still in your body or, or living inside your body. Oh, that's nice to know. <laughs> so that's why, you know, she's like that one uh, socially awkward person, you know, that laughs at the wrong time. Oh, they took my brother. <laughs> she's, she's Nelson from the Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> All, all they need to do is just redraw her hand pointing. Oh, so, all right. Uh, yeah, the the art in here is not great. No, this this is this is you know Don Perlin. He, he's a he's he's a very clean artist generally, but very simplistic in the way he, in his layouts very not in, not really detailed and rarely does it show anything that you would even approach dynamic i mean there's a couple yeah. of moments i think you know the uh you know with with the, with the demon coming out it's it's a little dynamic uh with them flying in on those those discs that's a little dynamic the shot of them all standing on the top of the building uh you know with with the Ghost Rider, there there are some shots that I think stand mm -hmm. out as as better than others, and there's also some you know some panel work where he he comes off of the standard you know you know six or nine figure uh, panel grid, uh, so you know I I can say a, a couple of positive things about it, but the like the individual faces and everything there's there's really not a lot going for it, 
Uh, and that's disappointing with Joe Sinnott inking it, because I always found Joe Sinnott's inking to be really... Well, the question notch. is, how much did Joe Sinnott do, and how much did Sal Trapani do? Because Sal's not credited, but when I looked at other things, it said that he did do... He, he did uncredited inkings. So, not really sure there. I did look at an earlier uh-huh. issue, because I was flipping through a few different defenders, and there was one I found earlier with the Mandrill in it and the Femforce... And I don't know if that one's been covered on the show, but um, but then I remembered that I just bought this one. So that's why I wanted to do this one. But in that issue I was looking at, there's a shot of like one of the uh, Femforce ladies. I swear it looks like Carmine Infantino drew it straight out of Star Wars. Like she's she's holding a pistol or body structure, the facial structure. I was like, wow, that looks like that was done by a totally different artist. And it was, but it was a Don Perlin book, and like overall, this like the art in that one seemed a little bit better than in this issue for some odd reason. Now I don't remember who did the inking, so maybe that had something to do with it. I'm not sure. Yeah, so, what, one of the things I like about this is this this six figure six finger hand storyline is actually oh yeah, extended. this goes through many many uh, it's, issues, but it doesn't. You know, each issue kind of has its own mm-hmm. story, yeah. so you don't you don't feel like oh you know I, I read this and you know now you know I, I only got like one one eighth of the story. You know, you you feel like you're getting a story that's part of a bigger story, which I kind of like that aspect of it. Mm. So the cover's an A plus. Oh yeah. Oh, there's nothing else is. <laughs> the panel on uh, page six where Valkyrie's talking to uh, Rosenbaum and, uh, you know, he says, of course, but tell me, please, is he seeing a good doctor? And then the very next panel, if 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 you don't read the the inset box, it's just somebody yelling, Dr. Strange. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way I read it in my head, because I didn't read the box first. I was just like. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, the, the other thing about about that part of the story is it seems a little stupid. You know, you live in the Marvel universe, and you know, he, you know, Kyle, Kyle's giving his story, and he's like, "Oh, don't be silly. Things like that don't happen." Really? Are you kidding me? In this universe, stuff like that. I'm happens talking every to a day. gargoyle and the son of Satan. Nah. Yeah, yeah that exactly. could go wrong. <laughs> uh yeah. So interior art. <sighs> Uh, I give it a C, middle of the road, just just a flat C. And uh, I, you know the story. I like that it's standalone. It is it is wacky, and it also has a longer narrative. So because they have the standalones with the longer narrative, I will give it a C plus B minus. So for me, with the A plus, I, I guess it pulls it up to a B. But that's if the if the cover sucked, it would probably be a C, C plus at best. If the cover was not the way it is, no, would not be a B. Yeah, there's, there's no question in my mind the cover's an A plus. Uh, the interior art, I think, would be a C minus, except there are, as I went over before, there are a couple of Im- images that have a little bit more of a dynamic structure structure to them uh 
so that I think, you know, it, it brings it up a little. So I'm going to say a C plus based on that. Uh, the story, I'm a little torn on the story because it's, it's a fun story and it's, it's, it was, it was an enjoyable read as, as, but there's so many like dopey moments in it, <laughs> you know? So I'm, I'm going to say a B on the story because it, it was a fun read, even though there's dopey moments. And then with, with the, uh, you know, with, with the, the positive nature of the cover, I'm, I'm going to say overall the book is a B. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're in agreement. We're in agreement on this one. So that's our Marvel. And for DC, I, uh, I wanted to, I, for, so for whatever reason, I decided I wanted to go Aquaman and I was going to grab the first issue of the, uh, new 52 reboot. Cause I remember reading that and liking it when it first came out, but I feel like sometimes I'm too quick to go with the first mm. issue. So I ended up picking up the second just to, just to not be the first, just to not do the first. So because of that, we're picking up a story that's actually underway, uh, but just the same. And then this is the, the story of the trench, which, uh, you know, I, I think was a pretty cool thing as, as, it, as it went on. Uh, but anyway, in issue number two, the cover is by Yvonne Reese. The, it's written by Jeff Johns. It's penciled by Yvonne Reese. It's inked by Joe Prado, colored by Rod, Rod Reese, I guess maybe a relative, and lettered by Nick Napolitano. Uh, the cover shows one of the trench creatures uh, in an extreme close-up on uh, on his face, uh, with his you know very sharp teeth showing, and in his eyes you see the reflection of Aquaman. Uh, I think it's a I think it's a very sharp looking color mm-hmm. cover, although you know it, it is the kind of thing that would induce nightmares <laughs> in younger yeah. people. And the story opens up on a boat where uh, where the trench creatures are uh, are attacking the uh, people on the boat. Uh, one of the people actually uses a flare to shoot one of them in the face, uh, but they continue coming at it at the people uh, and. As things are translated, it's that they want food, and I guess the people serve as food for them. So these are almost like, uh, you know, it's almost like mm-hmm. a zombie thing. Uh, and they uh, they take out the boat basically, and then we cut to the dock where there's a young boy pointing to the boat, saying that's Daddy's oh, no. boat, and not anymore. It's not. Uh, so then we go to uh, we cut to Mira and and Arthur. Aquaman, who are sitting in his uh, seascape house. Apparently, they've decided to try and live among the land dwellers, and they're going through an old photo album of his, and there's a shot of him skiing, and she's asking when she could try it, and he's he's telling her, you know, she doesn't have to do this stuff to make him happy, and she's saying that she wants to do things with him so she can learn more about his life, and as they're having the conversation... Oh, and there's another photo in there that shows... Him as a young boy, and there's another guy in the background, and she asks who that is, and he just says the picture shouldn't be in there. And uh, for what it's worth, that's a scientist named, was it? I know I have it in here somewhere. I'm not sure. Uh, it's Stephen Shin. Oh. Who is a uh, he? He knows more about the you know Aquaman and his people than any other land dweller okay yeah so while they're looking at it uh one of the 
the sheriff's deputies comes knocking on the door looking for Aquaman uh, because of what's going on with the trench. He asks if that's Aquawoman in the background. Her name is Mira. Uh, so she she actually, because he starts, he's curious, and she actually shows him how her powers to uh, manipulate water mm-hmm. works. And he tells them about the uh, the attack and asks, you know, because he can talk to sea life, could, they, could he help? Uh, next we cut to a two-page uh, splash of the dock as they're arriving, uh, and it's got the title, The Trench Part 2. And then they come in, Aquaman's got his, uh, his costume on, and they approach who, you know, the, the guy who got them originally was a deputy, so they approach the sheriff, and he, the, the deputy has to explain why he went and got Aquaman, because the sheriff is not happy with him. But anyway, as they're, uh, as they're there, he tries to make contact, Aquaman, that is, tries to make contact with, uh, the sea life in the area, and finds that there's Which no one. should, uh... Well, I'm sure it really scares him, or should, because you figure he can't find any sea life at all. Right. So obviously something's like, "Ah, we're out of here. (laughs) (laughs) The the divers in the area find some kind of cocoon that they bring up, uh, and as, as this is going on, that boat is approaching the shore. And Aquaman warns them all to get out of the way. And the trench creatures all come bursting off of that boat, uh, looking to, to go after the, you know, the people that are there. Aquaman and Mira confront them, and she uses a, uh, a wall of water to keep the, uh, you know, the people safe from them, while the two of them get involved in a big fight with the creatures. Uh, you know, the, this... I, I, think it's supposed to be like the leader of the trench and and, and in yeah he does look uh, a little different yeah and in the uh dc database they call him trench king hmm so so he's fighting directly with aquaman and he actually pulls aquaman's trident from him and then puts it up against him and says this food comes home to the trench Mm. and it says next the secrets of the trench now, I'm going to get rid of my initial criticism that I've made a million times already right off the bat that, yes, this issue reads way too quickly. This was somewhere between five and ten minutes to read. Uh, there's, you know, there's not a lot of substance there. But with that criticism already out of my mouth, I really enjoyed well, this. I thought this was, was There's riveting. some really good shots, uh, like when he's fighting. I think the artwork is beautiful. Yeah, one of the yeah. uh, well, just like little touches, like when one of the trench creatures bites his arm, and it breaks its teeth on, on his arm, on his, uh, on his yeah, on his chain yeah. Arm, and yeah. then um, if you look on the trench king, he's got all these deep gouges and scars on his body from who knows, mm-hmm. like what what was bad enough? Like is is he the trench king? Because I'm not that familiar with the storyline. Is he the Trench King because he's had to fight to be the Trench King against other Trench, you know, creatures or light like himself? That's. I read the first few issues before I fell off of this series, but I really don't remember what happens mm. from here. And I am very interested in reading further. Now, I say that all the time and I don't always read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but I am very interested in doing so. I think, I, you know, I would like to. 
uh, I thought I thought this was like I said I thought this was riveting I thought it was cinematic I think this probably would have made a better storyline for the movie than what they actually mm. did and I, I I did not dislike the movie well the trench creatures were, were in the movie briefly yeah but oh, they no, no, no. Focused yeah like maybe they should have just done yeah done the trench but you know I guess if they're gonna make a sequel that's an option yeah. for them but just the whole the whole walking dead feel of these creatures i think you know is something that would really just play well cinematically and i i like the way they you know they make mira you know a very strong mm-hmm. character she's not she's not second banana no. to him she's she's as powerful as he is now with in a different in a different way but, with this know. reboot with the new 52 did they have a child that didn't live? Or you don't know? I do not have I do not have any mm. any recollection of, of seeing that at all. I remember in the first issue, uh, I think the issue opens up. He's like sitting in a diner and he orders like some sort of <laughs> seafood, and they're all looking at him funny because it's like oh you know aren't, like you're eating your own people, and and he's you know I mean his I guess his perspective is this is the same as like you eating a steak. Yeah. You know, just just because the cows grow on, uh, you know, grow on land or are raised on land, whatever you want to say, live on land, that doesn't make them your mm-hmm. brothers. So this, but I, I remember getting a kick out of that one. The stuff that they spit out is that some type of paralyzing agent, or because they they seem to spray this purple, glowy stuff. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I really, like I said, I have very little memory of it. But I, I, what, I, what I would say about it is even as the second issue of this story, you jump right in and you don't feel like, oh, my God, I, I you know, I don't mm-hmm. know what's going on. Yeah. So I, I like that a lot. And again, it makes me want to pick up the other issues and read them. In fact, I think I may just be copying them over to my iPad today. So that when I'm sitting around... With nothing to do, which doesn't happen often, I could read. Ah, when you're in the bathroom, sitting on a can. That's so. And this way, your legs won't go numb because you can read it quickly. <laughs> well, like I said, I, I I don't know what more to say other than I thought the artwork was really pretty uh, for what it is. I mean, it's 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 a mm-hmm. dark story. But but I thought it was just very well done. I thought the storytelling was good. I thought the pacing is very fast. Uh, you know that's that's probably my biggest criticism is just that it's so fast that you get through it. It's yet another story that I think you're much better off if and, you and, read it in uh, yeah in trade. Yeah, I would agree with that. Which you know isn't always but, a you know that that bad criticism. Thing. It's just sometimes you feel at our age you feel cheated for the price versus you know how much you get but i guess if it's a good enough story you get a trade on the cheap use don't buy it new sorry i had to throw that in there (laughs) then uh yeah well i think i think that's exactly it i think i would feel cheated a little bit based on if i paid full cover price for it and i was you know done with it in five minutes because the cover price on this well was yeah this is when they were when they were doing their i think they were still doing hold the line at 2.99 or something like that for a long time they did that while marvel kept raising the prices and then uh but now i think they've all just you know they're 
I think they're just trying to milk everybody for what they can get as long as they can, and then they're just going to drop the single issues and just then figure out what they're going to do or or sell off their characters and give them to other co- companies because I don't really think DC and Marvel are going to keep keep going. But hey, that's just my opinion. Well, I, I don't think they're going to sell off the characters and give them to other companies necessarily. No, uh, no, excuse me. They're going to license them. Is what I meant to say. Not not sell. Well, even even then, I think they're going to oversee it because these are these are potentially too valuable uh, based upon uh, really. You know what what they can get in in, well, in movie if, rights. If, if, well, yeah, okay. Don't see it that way. We we agree to disagree. I'm not saying that they've done a good job wow. with what they do. But I just think I think they're they're not going to give up any rights to the potential money. I'm talking about. I don't think they care what happens in the comics as long as they can still just use them in the movies because the average person isn't buying comic books. So why would they care what even happens in the comic books? You know, the the everybody's gotten so enamored with the movies they could give a rat's ass what's going on in the comics. And then when they is even if they did, they'd go to the comics and go. Oh well, that's not really the character I saw in the movie, and eh, I'm not interested in that. So you know what? Screw the comics right now. Well, when you know, just to, to take your your rant thing a step <laughs> further, uh, I think they also think that the comics are potentially a uh, source for material for the movies. Okay, but they've already got like. 60, 70, 80, 50 years worth of source material that they could use. So why do they need to do the stuff they're putting out now? All I mean, okay, I saw some some story that's t- talking about they're going that the next Marvel trilogy that they're thinking of coming out with is going to be Secret Wars. So not really sure, you know, but you know, which, which that's good. They're actually using an older story. That they're going to adapt instead of some of the newer stuff, but I, I don't know. I'm not holding my breath. I'm not. I'm, well, I anticipate that if they do Secret Wars, it's going to be very, very oh, different from what yes, you're doing in the comic yes, yes, it will. But I mean, I'm I'm just not enamored with comic book movies like I was a few years ago. And I remember years ago saying that it might go the way of like the Western movies. I think we did that on a podcast that we were on with uh, Trennis Magnus. I think I remember saying something about that. This is going to be this will be like what happened to the westerns and like all genre movies. It'll it'll be big. It'll be massive for a while. Then it's going to shrink down. It's going to become niche. You know, just like comic books are niche. We will see. I'll be right. Damn it. You might you might be. I'm not ready to tell you that you won't. Well, COVID aside, you know, we haven't really seen. A lot of the movies lighten up, um, lighten up the screen. Although Spider-Man did, but I think that's really just because it was a bunch of massive nostalgia bait. Oh, look, look! Here's your, here's your Tobey Maguire. Look, look! Here's your Andrew Garfield. Now I, I haven't seen it. I'll see it when I can get it for cheap. I'm not paying full price to go see it. I already know what happens, so whatever. Sounds good. But I think it's it's just like the Force Awakens. Ooh, ooh, remember this? You remember remember when this happened? Oh yeah, yeah. Eat it up. Mm-hmm. I'm a happy little plebe. Ooh yeah. Sorry. 
You're such a bitter, bitter man. <laughs> I'm killing mice in my own house. So let's... No. I didn't kill any of them. I let them let's... go. You were like, you were like to, the, to them, you're the trench. <laughs> yeah, but we let them go. We, we took them out of the house and drove up the street so they couldn't find a place. This is a lovely place for you to live. Look at yeah. this house. I don't like the people in it. Why don't you yes. go in there? So, all right. Anyway. Enough of my rant. Sorry. We're gonna we're gonna rate this one, and I think the cover is just really really sharp. I love the uh, the way it's drawn, but it's such a dark image that I can't give it an A plus. So I'm just gonna give it a straight A. Uh, the interior t- art, even though it is dark, I'm gonna say A plus. I really like the interior art a lot, and the story. My only criticism is that it goes by so quickly, but other than that, I've got nothing to criticize at all. So I'm going to say an A on that also, and the book gets an A. Yeah, I pretty much agree with all that. Um, A for the cover. I like the reflection of Aquaman in um, the trench creature's eyes. I even like him more so is that it's not the same image exactly. You notice that one of it's offset more than the other and and one image you can actually see yeah, to try it. And, and they they could have I mean, well, they couldn't make it a mirror image of the other one because, you know, that would look totally stupid. But it could have been moved over more. Or is it, I I think it's a nice it's a nice touch. It's a nice touch. Yeah, no, that is. That's a little attention. So I, I also give it an A. Uh, the interior, I will give an A+. And one picture that stood out really, I don't know why, after Mirror douses the police guy with the water and you've got the close-up of him, that man has a really sharp freaking beard, man. I wish I could make my beard as trimmed as that. I got to get whatever razor or what trimmer he's using. Because kudos to how they drew his beard. You see what I'm talking about? Yeah. So I, 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 it's it's a silly thing, but it stood out to me. I was like, damn, that guy looks sharp. <laughs> Bill is jealous, of, jealous the of the comic guy's beard. Um, so I will give the interior art an A plus, and I will give the story an A. Overall, books an A. Yep. So we are in agreement. Yep. Good choice, my friend. Uh, and that will do it. And I do plan on reading more of these. That's how much I liked it. Uh, but that'll do it for this week. And uh, we'll see you next week. Come on back. Come on back now. You here? Wait. This sounds like I'm in Maine. Can't get Can't there get from there. here. On your cat in my yard. Sometimes trench is better. <laughs> And if you don't know that reference, Russell, sorry. <laughs> Sometimes you got to figure it out. First we, first we played with Scott, then we played with Russell. Now we're going to play with you. Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at bins at twotruefreaks.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, 
which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of Demanzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Please take a moment to stop by the twotruefreaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week. Oh, sorry, I was eating a Pop-Tart. <laughs> <laughs>